And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's be honest. There's 29 NBA teams, and then there's a G League roster with a few stars. They have a math problem offensively. Saturdays are the most fun day of the week, and with that, you get the most fun pod right here on the Athletic NBA Show. It's called the Saturday Slam and Jam. You'll hear me, Andrew Schlecht, and my co-host Alex Spears break down the past week of NBA basketball bring on a smart beat writer to give you the lowdown on their team. And then we have a trivia game, Andrew versus the beat where I just try not to humiliate myself. So when you're raking your leaves, brewing your coffee, or just taking care of stuff around the house, listen to Saturday slam and jam right here on the athletic NBA show. Hello, athletic NBA show listeners. I'm Zach Harper. Starting this week, the NBA Daily Ding will move to the Athletic NBA Show feed. Monday through Friday, you'll be able to catch up on all the previous night's action in the time it takes you to make coffee. Fancy coffee, like like one of those coffees that's like six, seven bucks sometimes. You know, you get those machines now. And granted, they cost a little bit of money, but you make them yourself at home. You know what? I'm in the, I'm in the way from this one. Let's get back to this read. Dave Dufour, Andrew Schlecht, Trevon Edwards, Keith Parrish, Jared Weiss, special guests, and your favorite athletic writers will break it down each and every morning so you'll know exactly what went down last night. Your friends will think you're a basketball genius, but be sure to tell them why. Share that information. Sharing is caring. Be sure to check it out. Monday through Friday, the NBA Daily Ding right here on the Athletic NBA Show. Right in your right podcast, podcast space. Do you want to talk about it? Well, it's just there's this contract we're trying to locate. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Where the group that works like they do, the group that embraces some of our mantras, we talk about getting better every day, we talk about playing together. When you do those things, you end up on a stage like this. For our city of Milwaukee, NBA champions. Yeah! Big time. This is Nerd She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo Dekeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Hartnett. Hello and welcome to the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday. It's Nerder She Wrote. It's the end of the first, I don't know, 10 days of the season. It's been awesome so far. I'm Dave DeFore. Mo and Seth are here. We are fired up. Guys, are you having fun yet? I'm having a blast, Dave. Uh, all congested as all hell, but still enjoying every second of NBA basketball right now. Yeah, we got to watch those sniffles. You got to work that. I'll part. try my uh, best, bro, but they, <laughs> it ain't easy. <laughs> uh, 
Well, look, first, a little bit of business. As you guys all know, Seth put in the man hours and wrote a book. It's coming out soon. Seth, November 16th, right? November 16th. I have physical copies in my hand. It exists. The dust cover is very shiny. Disturbingly shiny, in fact. But it exists. I think it turned out pretty well. Um, just from a, a physical creation standpoint, <laughs> uh, I'll leave it for others to decide if the writing's any good. But just the the, uh, the publisher did me did me did me well with uh, getting everything on the page the way I'd like to see. Yeah, it. the mid range theory. You can pre order it wherever you order books. Hopefully, an independent bookseller. That'd be fantastic. We would love that. But you'll also be able to buy it retail. November sixteenth. That's kind of cool. I'm pumped. Or, you know, or if you don't care about independent booksellers, uh, (laughs) sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely go and we're going to review bomb Amazon. Okay. I know how many people listen to this show. So if at least half of you go and leave a review on Amazon, that'd be great for Seth and for me, uh, because I believe I get kickbacks. I'm not sure. We got to figure that out. Uh, guys, I want to start, um, like we did last week with my favorite, thing from from the week and uh i got a chance i've got a friend in town who hasn't seen steph curry in person and i live about two hours from oklahoma city had tuesday night off seemed like a good idea to run up to okc to see steph curry and uh a basketball game broke out the thunder are fun not only uh, are the individual players fun? They play a fun style. The arena in Oklahoma City is one of the best ones I've ever been to. I don't think there's a bad seat in the house. It was a great experience. The, the arena music was the proper level, not like San Antonio where they're attempting to, you know, they don't want you to hear anything when you leave the arena. Um, it was a really, really pleasant experience. The fans were, were super into the game. Uh, even with a guy like Steph Curry out there, who they have this this history with, you can still see the appreciation of him while they booed him very respectfully. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. But the thing that I left there with was that that team is pretty impressive for, for who's on the roster and what the organizational goals are. Because you, you're not getting – like you're never going to get guys to tank on the court. But, man, he has guys – Mark Dagnalt – has these guys playing as hard as any team in the league. It's awesome to watch. And it's no surprise that if a team like the Lakers rolls in there, second night of a back-to-back, and they're dicking around a little bit too much, hey, they got caught. How about the Thunder? I mean, there's it's good for the Thunder. I'm going to push back on a few things. One, the Mark Dagon, I think, great stuff. There's a reason why these dudes are playing hard. A lot of them are playing to find a career in the NBA. Like this is, let's be honest, there's 29 NBA teams and then there's a G League roster with a few stars. Like this is kind of what they have going a little bit. They have some, ta- they have talent. They have a lot of interesting young guys, all the, you know, all of that stuff. But it's, it's along those lines. So like as, as, and, and, and Dagnod's done a great job. Hopefully I said it right the second time. Um, the, but ultimately, it's a matter of the. I just don't like what they're putting together as an organization here. We're gonna draft. We're gonna have thirty something draft picks and make it seem like this is great. It's it's worse than even the process to me in a sense. 
I was I was gonna say this sounds like this is this is a podcast from 2013. <laughs> Man, Brett Brown has those guys playing hard, and and Miami comes into town, and Michael Carter Williams puts up a triple double, and and they they got caught sleeping. It's just it, 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 like and LeBron's involved, and and it's it seems very uh, it's very deja vu. Um, though perhaps the fans are the Philly fans and the the OKC fans perhaps differ in yeah, certain but ways. Like- I, I, I no, but it's just ahead, like huh? when you're. It's it's almost worse than that, though, right? It's like there, you could kind of see the end of the light or the end of the tunnel a little bit with with the Sixers in that sense. And and when you look at the roster with OKC, to me, it's just a complete waste of Shea Gilgis Alexander, you know, who had a great game last night. I kind of forget about him now from time to time because he's on a crap ass team that nobody really wants to watch. You know, you you forget about the stuff that Lou Dort has done and is one of the best per, uh, perimeter defenders around the league. And you just kind of forget about these things because this is, a, they're, they're not trying to build a team around those guys. They're trying to, to just build a team. That's like five years from now that might make a difference. Co- yeah. Collecting talent, right? Like this, that's what they're doing right now is just, it's talent collection. And, and again, I understand like the, the limitations of a market, like Oklahoma City, like you're not gonna. Hey, you're not gonna sign Kevin Durant as a it's free agent. It's almost like you know they should have. They Oklahoma should City. have. I get you know, it. Never relocated. Well, I mean, I, I think that's a much, <laughs> much bigger, different conversation. But like the truth is, like people keep bringing up Josh Giddy as a potential Rookie of the Year guy. I don't know if people are going to see enough Oklahoma City games in the first twenty-five games for him to even have a fair shot. And, and I'll tell you, the guy's Michael impressive. Carter Williams, yeah, well, yeah. the guy's been impressive, but. Um, you know, I and I agree with you, Mo. I mean, you guys, I, I'm very clear how I feel about, you know, this sort of uh, gamification of front office management and things like that, where while I understand the, the realities, it still messes with my, you know, my my sentiments as a, a competitive person. Um, so, Mo, you and I are on the same page. I mean, Luca, the dog here. He, he, also he jumped to, to my lap to, to, to make opinions on what he has with Oklahoma City uh, the second I, yeah. I started to get riled up. We, we disagree a lot. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just sad by this because I look at it going like, you have a building piece in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You have a ton of assets now, like a ridiculous amount, and they're not trying to build. They're just going to continue to try to be bad. We didn't see – a lot of uh, uh, SGA last year because, you know, the, the the plantar fasciitis and then they just immediately shut him down to be terrible. And it's like, yo, this is a young guy that needs to play, you know, and, and if you're him, you're looking at it going like, hey, you know, I'm seeing guys like Ja go off. I'm seeing De'Aaron Fox and things like that. I need to be mentioned in that class. And they're just not even giving him the opportunity. They're really doing a disservice to him, to Lou Dort, and you know, forget about everybody else. Just those two guys, and then they're going to crush Dagonot's career record, coaching record. And you know, people go like, "Well, what? That doesn't matter, or anything like that." When he tries to get his next job, it will matter. And that's and 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 they're just and they're willfully doing it. And we're going to continue to praise them for asset management. You you said talent. Uh, talent collection. I, I, I don't even think it's talent. Yeah. It's just draft picks. We have 37 draft picks that will never play for us. It's 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 along those lines where I just feel like what they're doing is so blatantly bad for several people on their team. 
even Josh Giddy, who's great, mm-hmm. his development's not going to really go that much because he's not going to be in any sort of big games. You're you're really kind of just crushing these guys and putting them in a really negative attitude, uh, negative place to start with. And I think this is just it's a, it's a terrible thing for Oklahoma City. But we're going to continue to praise Sam Presti because he's smart and he wears glasses. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Mo. So. so- what should they be doing? This is this is the question, right? Like, because I, again, I think as as just sports fans, you but want everybody no, 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 to try to like, win. Like, but like, I understand, no. like, there is the yeah. the reality of uh, strategy in the NBA, right? No, and, I get I, it. and I'm not, and I'm not even, I'm not even like, I'm not even like conceptually, like, what should they have done? Like, should they have who, like, who should they have gone and signed this offseason we, we, to we, do what? Sorry, go ahead. Like, I. I, no, but I do think you, I mean you do like this generalizable, and and you know maybe maybe your complaint is well two years ago they shouldn't have gone down this route because now this is what they have to do or something. But I just don't like like the signing. I don't know the signing Ish Smith, the signing who who do you who do you go just throwing an offer sheet at at, at somebody mediocre like what what is what no, is you, what is that? Do? You have fair points what? in in that. But and, and and you're right. It's like two years ago. You don't go down this road. You you got a ton of assets for Paul George and got a and, and a potential star, not a superstar, but a potential star. I would say in in that trade, right? And then look, you made a move. You got Chris Paul. You you, you, you you had a good year after that, and then you traded everybody off after that. And now it's just a collection of just hey, come here play 20 games for us like Al Horford and then we'll trade you for a first round pick or something like that. It's 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 when you're saying that and I get it they're never going to be a free agent destination. But you have all these picks, start using them. Start making moves to build a team that somewhat makes sense. Now granted, early in the season there's not things that are out there, but let's just be honest. We know any trade they're going to make right now is to get another first round pick. They ain't giving any out. You guess it. You guys ever seen the movie Signs? Yes, with Mel- with the uh, weird with, bad with movie Joaquin Phoenix okay. and, and that other dude. I, so that movie would have been a lot better if they just never showed the aliens. Right? I'm I'm a firm believer that that a lot of good horror movies that are that we like and are good are good because they don't show you the scary stuff. To me, tanking is showing the aliens in Signs. I, I, like me knowing it exists ruins it for me. Like I don't like it. It messes with my sensibilities. I understand that it's a, the reality. I know the CBA well, very well. I understand salary cap maneuvering and all the other things that you do and why you do it. I don't have to like it. Like this is the thing about sports, right? Like, I mean, we can kind of consume it how we want. And I can shit on the thunder as an organization like Mo's doing in good faith and still enjoy the basketball team that's on the court because, you know, these are a bunch of guys trying to have a good time. So – um, I, I actually tend to lean toward Mo's sort of sentiments personally, while I completely understand that the NBA has this problem. I think the, this is a problem that the NBA needs to this, solve. This is my last point because I know I'm probably now outlawed in Oklahoma City. But the whole point of tanking is to get a young star, right? Like is to get that young piece. Okay. Well, it's the well, first okay. – it's the building piece, right? And and And, and you get yes. that. And great. Now we're going to be even worse. Shea is not that. He's not. Shea is a, she's a, she's a, she's a good player. He's a guy who is – who at this point is is a guy who, who, you know, everything goes right. He's a top 
20 player? Is he, is he, is he going to get higher than that? The, the point is not to get that. The point is to get like Embiid is kind of actually the low end of, of what you're looking for there because that's the building. That's the championship building block. Shea is a guy who can definitely be a high contributing player on a championship team. He is not the then trade him championship team. Because there aren't that because there are because there aren't that many of those like that like you know and and some of that is just there they've gotten last couple of years they've frankly gotten a little bit unlucky in the way that the, the ping pong balls have come out and so just that 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 guy to the extent that they they've existed in the last two drafts just hasn't hasn't fallen into their laps I mean how does it look different if they had ended up with Lamelo or Anthony Edwards or or, or, or Zion or, or something. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. You're hoping for yeah. these, these these ping pong balls to work your way, but you're going against the basketball gods in that, at that same time, right? And got, granted, you know, nobody really likes the the phrase and that the, the, the sense of like, okay, it's luck and all of that stuff, and I get all that. But if you're going to do this route, you can get a lot for him right now. Trade him. Don't waste his career. Don't waste his time. Don't. It, it, the thing is, Seth, because two years ago, he was that guy. He was a, he was a solid budding star. He was coming up. You were seeing this thing last year. Literally, they basically just said, "We're not trying to win games. We're sit out." Basically, as soon as he had that injury, I'm, if he had a hangnail, they probably would have sat him out for five games. It was just along those lines. You stunted his career. I don't trust at this point now. He's also what is he like? Twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, he's twenty. He's almost ahead of the timeline in, in terms of the age with what they're counting on, right? Because Giddy's 19. Uh, Poku looks like he's 12, but he's like 20. Well, Wemby's not going to be on the team for another two years. So, you know, like by the I minute, mean, just, Shake Gildas Alexander is going to be elderly. Waste, you're, you're wasting his career and you're doing a disservice to him. And if I'm his agent, I'm like looking yeah. around going like, yo, what is, what's your plan? Are we going to be bad for the next five years? Is he going to be 29 and on a shitty team? I hope not. Uh, all right, we got to move on. That was a lot of Thunder talk, but again, I do like that. I like watching that team. I'm going to try to check in with the Thunder more often this year th- than I did last year because I don't know. I, I like the guys that they've got. Uh, all right, Mo, what's your what's your favorite thing? <laughs> My favorite thing turns into this long discussion. I apologize, guys. Well, I had ranted so much about Oklahoma City. <laughs> I think I, 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 I think my my favorite thing, and it's it's not so much a, a one thing, but it's just. Everybody needs to remember to pump the brakes in the first week and two of the season, right? Like, let's let's just go to John Morant. I love John Morant. We all love him. We all we're all excited for him and everything he's going to do along those. You know what, what the potential there is there. He had two really good games in L.A. One of them was a loss, and now you know everybody's all of a sudden going. He's taking the leap. You cannot. There's a big difference between having a good week. And taking the leap. The leap is something that you shouldn't even be talking about, that this guy took the leap until 20 or 30 games. And it's consistent because that's the key thing of the leap along those lines. And it's it's not just taking the leap. We get super excited with a team that has a hot start. You know, we've we've seen these things. And these are all things I fell for, guys, over the years, right? And I've learned to be much more patient. And I think this is something I just, what I like is I need to just remind everybody, take your foot off the gas. Tap the brakes a little bit, sit and breathe, and let these guys show us what they've done and what they've what they sort of built on. 
I gotta say, it's super on brand for Mo's favorite thing to be like, hey, I wanna be a wet blanket. That's what my friends call me on the, the group text message. I, I will say this. I feel, I feel, I feel dislocated because, like, it's it's like Mo is taking my crew. No, no, no. We just both were wet blankets. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing. It was yeah, just which yeah, one okay, was was more. You soggy guys have that to. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You guys have to be the fire blankets because I burn with the intensity of a million suns when fun stuff is happening. And like John ja Morant doing all the stuff that he was doing. I mean, that 40-point game was awesome. Uh, what LaMelo did the first two games, and now don't talk to me about the last couple, but that's okay. You know, I, 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 I'm with you, Mo. I, I do think, though, um, Seeing some of the signs from guys early is great. Like it's that's fun. Like to me, that's the fun part about this job is when we, you see improvement from guys, and especially to start the season because we don't know it might be real. These might be leaps. I, I love to live in that space. It's exciting for me. I mean, it, that you know, it's sort of like coaching, right? When you're mo, like when you're working with a guy and you get to see him improve. It's fun. That's way more fun than than assuming that he didn't no, actually it's get great. better. It's it's awesome. But like yeah. we've also seen this from John Morant have a good week of games, you know, in in his his run. Maybe not as great at this point, but let's just look at it this way. Everybody was going nuts about him. He had nine turnovers last night against Portland, you know, like and and you know Portland, the defensive stalwarts that they are. It's it's along those lines. Like you're <laughs> noted noted turnover forcing machine. And I'm not trying to trash John. Like it's it's literally it's not jaw it's it's all you. <laughs> it's an eighty-two game season. Guys have played four or five games. That means that they've played like I don't know five percent of the season. So if you're you know you're building what he is this season against last season in your mind, it's like okay, ninety-five percent of what maybe maybe even just because they had the off season, maybe you can even like bump that up a little bit and and go a little bit recency bias. Ninety percent. Is last season ten percent is this season? Another couple of weeks, it's it's eighty five fifteen, and you kind of go that way. But we can't we can't go like ah everything that happened before didn't count, and this guy is just the new guy. That's 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 way too in the moment, and and I completely agree with Mo that we that we get we get so carried away so fast with single game stuff early in the season just because I mean we're excited. There's nothing else to go on, but at the same time, like. We, we we are we are not coming to the season as blank slates on these guys. We have some prior opinions, and we shouldn't discount them immediately. And at the first like new stimulus, although and see this is where I get to be super smart like Alex Trebek because I already know where we're going. Although Seth, weren't you going to say in our opening segment here that we just need to throw out the last two seasons? <laughs> no, that's a fair point. I mean, but the, the so. Statistically, we need to we need to be uh, cautious about the last two seasons. That doesn't mean that that, that where players were relative to each other isn't real. It's just you know the, the the numbers that were put up last year were put up in a unusual environment. Um, you know, last year we we talked about this on the show last year. Like the the what for whatever reason, um, and I think it was probably largely the fanless environment like it was a very pro offense pro shooting environment last season this year is not that 
Um, last year, we ended up setting a league record at around 39-something percent on open threes. Uh, it actually came down. It was like 39.5, and then the fans came back, and then it kind of dropped down. I don't want to. I don't want to imply that's like the the whole cause, but that that certainly happened. This year we're in like the thirty sevens would be, which would be of this is the ninth season of tracking data. That would be the lowest that the league is shot on 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 uh, open threes. So it's 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 just a different environment. Where and and keeping that in mind when we're comparing, oh, this guy is is been been terrible. This guy's been great. It's a different game right now. <laughs> that's that's the point that I was waiting for you to hit, Seth. Is that it actually is a different game, not just because there are fans out there or whatnot, but as we talked about last week, the officiating is so much better. It's so much cleaner. The bullshit is gone. There's James Harden highlight reels uh, where he would have gotten like 10 free throws and they're all no calls. I mean, Nate Duncan is doing the Lord's work, posting these highlights that 100% would have been foul calls last year. It is a much more enjoyable game to watch. I don't care if these guys are struggling to play. Great. Game rules. Except for the Please, for the love yeah, we gotta, of God. Look, hey, look, we can't so do it all at once, guys. Yeah. So it's it, progress. It's, it's, We've got it's, progress. You know, I, the Euro foul, it's so obvious right now. Um, uh it, 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 is just, it stands out so hard at killing the game, and I don't think that there's any way we're going to go beyond this season without that being fixed because it can, is can the one thing right now that is killing us. Well, I think we can also clean up the block charge a lot still. Like the passing crash has got to go. Anyway, um, last year the league as a whole averaged around 2.8 fouls in the backcourt a game. This year, it's up to like 3.6. Now, all of those are not like Euro fouls. Some of those are kind of end of the game you know, stuff the too when you're- or, or end of game stuff or or just kind of, you know, pressing up on a guy and, and commit a foul or something like that. But I do think that, that there has been a, a significant increase in the number of just give up uh, fouls. Uh, we'll, we'll call him a friend of the show, Owen Phillips, uh, which is – Owen LHJ Phillips on Twitter is great follow on Twitter. If you, if you like NBA data, but he's got a a great newsletter as well. Great newsletter has a bar graph on the estimated number of those Euro fouls, the take foul and the open court, which, you know, cause nobody likes open court dunks. So uh, of course we can't get rid of these, but um, I mean, it's currently up uh, almost a half a foul a game over last season, which was up over a half or almost a half a foul over the 2020 season. And I mean, so these numbers have been climbing and that's the next thing that has to be fixed. Go ahead. The quick thing about the, the, the Euro foul is just, it's such bullshit in that you turn over the ball. I'm, I'm, I've had a really rough morning, so I am hot. Yes, I agree. It is bullshit. You turn the ball over. The defense does its job, forces a turnover in a league where, only now we're beginning to give defenses a little bit more of a chance. But you turn the ball over and your response is, I'm just going to stop the fast break because I screwed up. It's such bullshit. And it's not fair to the defense who forces the turnover. They should get an opportunity to get into transition and get a play. It needs to be the refs just need to call it an intentional foul. It needs to be considered a flagrant foul. Get rid of the whole clear path stuff because we don't even need that review to slow the game down. Just It's an automatic intentional foul, two free throws in the ball, and let's move on. But it, 
I'm going, I've been going nuts about the Eurofile for a long time and I will continue to do it because it is just complete and utter bullshit. Well, FIBA, FIBA so fixed two it. Two things. FIBA fixed it. Two. I, I, I have, I have two, two things here. One, there's also like so many of them are just like, you know, um, my, my, my grandfather used to drink a, 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 an extra dry martini. And what he meant by an extra dry martini is he would take the cork out of the vermouth and just wave it over the top. And and that's what some of these fouls are. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of like, ah. Well, it's procedural. I, I, look, I felt, It's procedural. Yeah, I, yeah, look. And just don't call it. Yeah. Just don't call it. Just look like a, he waved. He didn't. He, he just let him. It, it's, a, it's not a foul. Guys, we fixed um, We fixed the NBA. I don't, I don't know yeah. if you know that. But we, we solved yeah. this problem. Well. Okay. The, the second, I do like this. Not to get too in the weeds, I do disagree slightly. I've always thought that it should be like you call these. It should be one in the ball, not reviewable. Agreed. Just because you can't. I don't think that you can ever sell two in the ball, not reviewable. Just because that's such a that is a huge swing in the game. And I just I I I agree with you that it would be a big deterrent. But it's also the kind of thing that could you know a playoff game is going to swing that some like. You know, a guy's going to be, you know, trying to get a steal but that's, and commit but a that's foul. The refs, and call but that's eventual. on the ref's discretion then, in that. If you're if you're making a legitimate basketball but play, and that's what these point of emphasis are, getting rid of non-basketball right. moves. Yeah. If you made a steal, if you tried to go for a steal and ran into the dude, you tried to make a play. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with, oh, he's run by me. Let me grab him. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, the take foul has been, a, it's been around forever. Right. Like, I mean, I, I remember in high school in the nineties fouling guys on fast breaks because you're going for a steal, but the whole thing is that you're going for a steal, right? Like I fouled a lot. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, Yeah, but going for the steal is what matters. And so like, and, and maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe we're tricking ourselves and, and guys are just, they'll, they'll just, Oh, I'm going for the steal and foul anyway. I don't know, but I'd at least, at least try to trick me. Don't just. Don't just do the foul and tell me I have to live with it because, you know, this is how the sport is played. No, just just like I said, make it one in the ball and move on. You gave a point away. Just don't take the and dunks they still away. have the ball. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, open court basketball is awesome. Some of the best memories I have of of the NBA. Like, just think about some of the stuff. And we lose these moments. Like, I don't know. It seems to me if you've got a television, no, it would have been television it product. Awesome you want to see it. Had, it it would have been awesome if uh, if someone had just wrapped Colin Sexton up at half court instead of letting him dunk left handed all over Nick Batum. Oh, I awesome. know, yeah. I'd like, oh. yeah. <laughs> I you know, I've tried to talk about Colin Sexton as an athlete for since he came in the league. That guy can really get up. Anyway, should we move on? Let's it's let's like see, let's see yeah, how much guys. more anger I can get off the podcast. <laughs> well, all right, I'm going to piss you off because. Uh, I, I think we've we've kind of found where where uh, your sensibilities lie. And uh, guys, coming into the season, we really talked about three teams as title. We'll call them favorites, and and the Lakers are in there 
because of LeBron and Anthony Davis, and, and I'm not taking them out or anything. But the Lakers are two and three to start the season. The Bucks, who last week I said, oh, I think they're ready to take this seriously and go on a roll. Well, I was wrong. They're three and two. Now they've got some issues, but you know, still, you're the champs. And honestly, like Brooklyn, Brooklyn is very confusing to me. They're two and three. And I got to pose this question, guys. Why are the contenders bullshitting? What is going on? I mean, part of it, we do have to say it's health related. Like the Bucks, their defense, like they're, they're missing. They're not just missing two starters. They're missing their defense. Like Drew Holiday, point of attack. I was at the I was at the uh, the the Bucks uh, um, Timberwolves game the other night. D'Angelo Russell went off. D'Angelo Russell is exactly the guy that Drew Holiday just eats up, just puts him in his pocket, and he you know, um, and and but then then also they they you know don't have Brook Lopez in the back line, and now they don't have any rim protection, so they're scrambling all over the place, and suddenly like Minnesota is getting forty percent of the offensive rebounds, and and so that's that's a you know injuries happen, but. Like at the start of the season, missing those two guys. And really, you know, Bobby Portis just came back and Dante DiVincenzo has been out. So of a team that it was it was not built to be very deep, being down four of your seven or eight playoff guys is pretty significant. But at the same time, like there is a lot of uh, – there, there is sort of a sim to January feel about how they're approaching some of these games. I mean some of the lineups they're putting out, it's like how, why, what? You've got like, you know, it's it's like four guys who four non-rotation level guys and Giannis. Like, what's the, what's the point of that? Like, are you are you getting anything from the young guys? Are you trying to get anything from the young guys? Are you wasting minutes that you're putting on this guy's legs? What are you doing? Um, and that's so that's the Bucks. I think that the Nets also similarly. Like, obviously the Kyrie thing is the is what it is. The bigger thing for them is James Harden isn't right. Like that's like now is it James Harden is old or James Harden and right? That's the question that we're we're looking at now. Um, you know, there's been a lot made of him of his failure to draw fouls and the ref thing has changed that. And I think that's some of it, but I think a lot more of it is he can't get by guys right now. And it's not like, you know, yes, he griffs, but he griffs when he gains an advantage. So he's not gaining advantage right now, so he can't even it, it's it's not he's not even putting the ref in a position to have to implement the new rules. Um, and then the Lakers, I mean, I think that, that we all were questioning the addition of Wessel Westbrook, and I think we're all um, no longer questioning it. We've answered it, that that was, you know, now with LeBron out, it sort of makes more sense, but they're not good enough with LeBron I mean, out, they, so who cares? I mean, the Lakers have, still have a few injuries for some key rotation guys. I mean, not guys I feel like that would make a massive difference. I think this team, the La- this Laker team is going to look very different in, in 20 games and not necessarily in terms of personnel as much as it's going to be how they're playing rotations and things like that. Like I will give them a little bit of time because it's literally a brand new team in that. And that's going to take time. And they basically threw away preseason. The, the Nets, they have some fundamental flaws that I probably wasn't ready for myself. But it's also early a few games. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Well, because like That's what true. sucks with Brooklyn well, pump is the breaks. Remember, Brooklyn both. has the capability to rip off ten straight wins, right? KD goes nuclear. Harden gets his rhythm back, and that's and then it's like, oh crap, okay, we're idiots. 
Okay, are you, with with those three contenders, you guys don't see any. Uh, let's not say structural because the roster construction, I think, for the Lakers is, is a problem. But do you see anything that they're that they're doing on the court that isn't just a personnel problem with the Lakers? Because the Bucks, I think, are going to the Bucks are going to be fine. They're going to come around, and we know their system works. I mean, they did just win a title. The Lakers are—they're changing their system this year. Things are different. I saw that Anthony Davis is playing over half his minutes as the five. And their defense has not been good with him. It's as, funny because like I haven't seen the numbers from last night. They've had Rondo in the game for so much of that. This is—they're missing Caruso. They're missing KCP. They're missing Kuzma. They're missing defenders. I mean, I've said it many times on here. This is not going to be a good defensive team. Like there's 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 nothing yeah. about this team that's going to make me go okay they they can defend and you know when you're looking at the team it's just first off starting big still drives me nuts. I have a serious question here, by the way. I have a serious question. You're talking about them not being a good defensive team. Is Malik Monk their best I, perimeter I, defender? I I think their Maybe? best perimeter defender is still Avery Bradley, which says a lot in terms of their 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 their, their stuff. But they only. He only just came back to the team. He's only, he, he hasn't played some games. He plays other games. He's kind of getting spot minutes. They're still figuring out stuff. But this is also what Frank Vogel does. And, and something that's kind of important is they've not had continuity since Vogel has gotten there, right? Like every time he comes in, they add new pieces. They change the roster. They win the championship, turn the roster over again. They get knocked out in the first round, turn the roster over again. There was no continuity for him to kind of continue to build upon from that. And and he's going to get killed and, and, and lambasted for all of this stuff. And some of it is his fault because, again, starting big is just doesn't make sense with just no spacing on the floor. You know, and, and when you're doing those type of things, it's it just problematic. Now, the swings are going very game to game because it's so early. Everything changes quickly. Before last night's Oklahoma City game, the Lakers were plus two, according to cleaning the glass. Uh when they when they were small, right? And now after the game, they're they're minus seven, <laughs> you know. So it's still wild changes and and, and not enough uh, variance and stuff. So we got to see how that works out. But they have a better chance with with more shooting, with more spread, with with at least just spacing. They just don't have defenders. They're not going to be good defensively. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Are they going to, I think that this is going to be a year for the Lakers where we're asking a lot of the same questions we asked about the Nets last year. Can they flip the switch? 
which we saw with the Nets. They were able to. I want to see what it looks like when the Lakers get get healthy. I mean, LeBron's not not healthy yet. When they get healthy and they play a team that they take seriously, what does it look like when they're defending in crunch time in a close game? That's because I I think that we saw with the Nets that if you can get to that higher level for, I don't know, how many possessions do the the Nets have to defend at a high level most games? 10, maybe 15? If you can do it for 10 or 15 possessions a game – if you've got an elite offense, which I think the Lakers, when when LeBron and Anthony Davis are out there, they're going to f- figure out a way to, to be a good offense. I just need to see that they can do that 10 to 15 possessions of defense. So here's here's my worry about the Lakers. And this is, I, this is something that I've, that I've come back to a lot is they are putting hard miles on Anthony Davis. And he's never been the most durable player. I mean, he... You know, he's in addition to sort of the the, the tendency to fall dramatically, shall we say? Yeah, I think Brevin Knight on the Grizz broadcast the other day we said something like, uh, "There's four or five times a game where Anthony Davis hits the floor for no reason." He took that. Um, he, he took the knee knock or whatever. I mean, I thought, yeah. okay, so I he's out for the, his career's that was, over. That was a big one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but so. Just, just you're, you're comparing to the Nets, and just hearing you talk about that, you you almost think that that KD being hurt as he much last year was almost a good thing for them, because when he had to play forty whatever minutes and do everything against the Bucks, he had that in the tank. I mean, if he had just a little bit less than his toe, he, right. they would have won right. the title last year probably. Um, but the, but Anthony Davis, they're they're playing him. Here, you do everything for 37 minutes a night. You have to be our best scorer from all over the floor, do everything defensively, get every rebound uh, for 80-some games. And then, oh, by the way, in the playoffs, then you have to ramp up and, and quote, I would expect that from a top 75 people have a tendency to. Yeah, people have the tendency to focus on the ceiling when you get three guys like Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant on a team. The truth is it raises your floor so high that you're able to get through the regular season and still have a good record. And you're going to be able to withstand injuries and, and things of that nature. And, and the Lakers, just, I don't think they've got uh, the high end talent, but we got to see what LeBron looks like when, when he gets back out. Cause he, his I jumper is so just good said, yeah, the They don't have the high end talent, right? Like that's, that's, that's the, the difference issue, right? between this Laker team and last year's Nets team, right? Like with the Nets, we yeah. knew Hey, that's a hell of an offense, uh, you know. When they get around any right, one of those right. guys, and now by you the have way. three of them. Like you knew, and then you had Joe Harris running around, and all you know, like you, you knew. With this team, we still have questions in terms of their offense, and they still have things to have to figure out along those lines with with that. And you know, I think the go to go to your point, Seth. I think LeBron has to shoulder some more of this. I got to do a little bit more too. He can't take the regular season off because he's got to take some of that load off of AD. And, you know, Dave's talking about how great his shooting has looked and it has, but he's also got to kind of, he's doing that and not getting into the paint a lot. And listen, if I'm the other team, it can look as great as it wants. As long as he's not getting in the paint and, and wreaking havoc, I'll live with it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The, the rust stuff the last couple games is a good sign for them because I do think that his ability to elevate the team when LeBron's not on the court is going to be important for them in the regular season. It's not going to help them in the playoffs, but in the regular season, that is going to help them you know, and probably get home court. Like just having Russ as an innings eater guy that you know has this, you know, this, this high floor. I, I think is going to be important. Uh, you, you guys all done on the contenders, kind of stumbling out of the gate. Yeah, I'm just not else? too worried about Milwaukee. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's check hey, check back in on them. And, and as much as we complain about the sim to the sim to January button, <laughs> we'll, let's check back in on them. In yeah, January. we'll see them in January. I feel like we'll end up um, yeah. about them before that. <laughs> Maybe, 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 maybe. Look, Lakers get clicks, folks. I want you to download this episode as many times as possible. So, yeah, I'm going to talk about the Lakers. All right, guys. Uh, let's play a little game. We don't do this often on this show. So maybe uh, maybe Jade will throw some game show music on top of this. Uh, I wanted to talk about some early season trends. Like, this is what we do. We're 10 days into the season. So I came up with a little game that I'm going to call Trending, Trending. or Not Ending. ending. All right. Very, very simple premise. I think uh, I don't have to explain this. And guys, someone we all expected to break out, maybe make an all-NBA team. There there was talk that this guy could lead the league in scoring. Now, look, it's still very early, but Michael Porter Jr. has been terrible, terrible. He is shooting 34.6% on field goals, 32% from three on seven attempts a game, 11 and a half points a game, only five rebounds. Um, guys, is this a trend or is this going to end? Is he just stumbling out of the gate or is the pressure too much for Michael Porter Jr.? Mo, go first. Trending. It's going to end, but it's not going to be as high of a level as we thought it would be, I think. You know, the pressure of being the second option means more attention on you defensively. No, not as many wide open looks as you were getting before and things like that. I should have been smart and done my homework and looked up the numbers uh, ahead of time and no excuse. I had plenty of time. I just sucked. Uh, but if, if he's getting more wide open looks, I would, I would have to guess it's dropped down a lot. 
this at the start of this season early on. And so I, I think he's going, he's too good of a shooter. He was 44% from three last season, 32% now, like he's not going to be a 32% shooter, you know, and it was in the forties the year before he's too, he's, he's too good of that. Like, I, I, I feel like that will continue. He'll move up along those lines, but maybe not be as great because more attention comes your way now as the second option. Well, Mo, I oh, look at you. Homework. Look at you, teacher's <laughs> <So>. pet. <laughs> hey, study yeah, to the I test, know. bro. So the the interesting thing about uh, just just looking at his three point shooting, he's he is actually yeah. getting more open threes this year than he has been in the past, and he's continuing you know, over his career. He's shot in the uh, above fifty percent on open threes, and that's continuing this year. He's only he's only taken eleven of them. He's six of eleven on uncontested threes, so it's not a huge sample size. The difference is, where his first two years he shot over forty percent on contested threes, this year he is uh, three of seventeen, and that's that is where his percentage is tanking. So, a guy who who has in in the past been a tough and been a good bad slash tough shot maker has not made those shots this year now is that is there something that is not right with him or is it just 17 shots so simmer down um but at the same time like he certainly in the playoffs and a little bit towards the end of last year the difference between him being that third guy playing along the baseline taking corner threes hitting offensive rebounds cutting and stuff like that and him being in the middle of the floor where he kind of has styled himself to want to be but he's he just hasn't been as good i don't know how much actual like creativity he has with the ball like his his ability to create shots is i'm 611 i'm going to shoot um, and I don't know how how well that translates to operating with the ball in his yeah, hands yeah not a ton of shake um, but it's it's that Clay Thompson thing. Can dribble straight line to get to a spot to pull up, and then being six ten is you know his big advantage. But I, I think I'm with you guys, uh, um, especially Mo. I, I do think that it's more much more attention. Like the scouting report is pretty out. I, I do think that. And and let's be honest, we're, we're throwing out the last two seasons anyway. It's a tougher shooting environment now. It just is plain and simple. So uh, there's that. All right, let's move on to, to the second question, guys. Trending or ending? New York Knicks are 3-1. and one. they got a lot of depth. Should be 4-0. I think that they should be. Um, trending or ending? The Knicks with home court advantage in the playoffs again. Trending. Or ending. Double fucking overtime! What the fuck, baby? So uh, my my take on the Knicks before the season, and I haven't totally come off this, is I thought they would be a significantly better team that would end up with about the same record. And that's still kind of where I am with them. Um, I think they are like, like Kemba Walker has been it, – it's tough with – this is a situation where you see it sometimes with coaching changes where how much of the improvement is just filling the hole versus how much the, the, the new person is better. Um, I think we all sort of knew, certainly after the playoffs last year, we had to know that starting Alfred Payton was a deep hole for that team, especially for a team that does not have a lot of shot creation. Basically, almost none. I mean, you know, Julius Randle can create a tough step back, but and then just adding someone who can who can run a pick and roll, who can get easy shots for some other people, just so every offensive possession isn't a grinded out slog. That's huge. And then you add the fact that he can hit a pull-up three, and then that that's sort of the building up on top of that. So that and the, and also the upgrade of uh, 
offensively from Reggie Bullock to Evan Fournier. I think that's that has really just made their offense like functional in a way it probably wasn't much of last year. Yeah, I'm gonna go ending. Uh, I don't <laughs> think they're going to be. No, everything Seth is it's so good. Everything Seth said was 100 percent correct. Right, right, and 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 this is the unfortunate thing for the Knicks. The East has gotten a lot better, right? Like there's a little, there's more competition. And or I don't know if you guys are prepared to say this. I'm not. I still think one, two is going to be a combination of Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn will get their act together. So now you're talking about two spots for home court advantage mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And like, Atlanta's, Atlanta's getting one of, one of them. A- Atlanta, yeah. sorry. So now we're talking one spot between like five teams. Miami looks really good. Uh, Boston's shaky, if we're, we're, we're being honest, at, at their start right now. Uh, Knicks look really good. They're right there. So it's it's a combination of, of those teams. Charlotte might be in the mix. We have a bunch of other teams that might be in the mix of this stuff. I think it's – I'm going to take the field for that yeah. one spot. So I'm going to go – right. and, and it's not a shot at the Knicks. I have no. literally have said this team could be in the play-in tournament and still be a better team than they were last year just mm-hmm. because of what they have and everything sets it. The, the parody this year is just – I mean, it's 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 fun, man. It's it's awesome. Um, look, we're staying in the East. The rest of the questions are about the East. Guys, the Chicago Bulls, Trending. led by DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic, had the second best defense in the league. Ending. <laughs> Ending. Well, here's the thing. Can they be top Ending. 10? No. You don't think so? There's I mean, no way. Do they play the Pistons now, and Raptons and Raptors on, every game? The principles of the have been solid. I, I just think, do they have the principles of a defense that can be top 10? They got Caruso and, and Lonzo have been fantastic. I think Levine has been pretty good defensively. DeMar is holding up. It's early. Top 10 defense. Trending or ending? Ending. Come on, Mo. Oh, no, it's ending. It's not like, are we serious? If, uh, if if you got to play Detroit without Jeremy Grant and Cade Cunningham, you get to play Orlando. Twice. Uh, it's twice. twice. It's twice. Orlando. New Orleans without Zion. Guys, you got to play who's in front of you. Barely, I don't know if y'all have ever heard Barely, barely beat Toronto, you know, in, in, in a game in which they tried to give away down the stretch. It's, it's, listen, it's great. Happy it's starting. But no, top 10, uh-uh. Nope, nope. Perfect. Nope. All right, guys, the Cavs start to the season. Is this a sign of progress, trending or ending? Hey, are they moving up? I'm going to say the Cavs are – go ahead. Go ahead, Mom. I'm going to go I'm going to go ending because we saw this last year, right? Start of the season, 3-0, and had some good wins. We were like, oh, the frisky Cavs, they're, 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 they're all this stuff. Like, you know, we, we, we got super excited about them. Um, but, and they are still the frisky team. Evan Mobley looks – Freaking phenomenal. Best player on their team. You know, yeah. Shout out to Mark Schindler. You know, already on top of that. You know, by the way, shout out USC, fight on um, type of deal. But, like, I, we've seen this from them, right? And we've seen this from young teams. Start out great. It's everything we talk about. You know, we get super excited, this and that. Veteran teams are like, it's all right. We got our time. Like, we'll get going. It's along those lines. So I don't I, – I, I have it as ending. They're interesting to me because they're 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 doing this while kind of being anchored to a lineup that's nonsensical. Yes. <laughs> like and and you know, and let's let's just be honest, Laurie Markin has been terrible to start the season. Oh yeah. Um that some one of that dunk is, aside. 
Yeah, that one like yeah. If there ever there was a time to, well, actually, he's three of seventeen. Someone for a great dunk. Not that anyone would ever do that. Has there ever been a move that was instantly bad and then also turned out to just maybe be worse? Like, I mean, we knew this was a bad move when they when they made it. It makes even worse. Like it's even worse now that we're watching Evan Mobley look like I don't know the rookie of the year. You know, I mean, what he's doing defensively, and this is something we'll get to at some point because I've been very impressed by the uh, the defense of this rookie class. This is, I mean, Davion Mitchell and Evan Mobley have just been nuts. But, oh, man, the marketing, ugh, that's depressing. And, and Jared Allen has been like, – like Mobley and Jared Allen works. It does work. They're mobile enough that that works. Oh, it works. And you put, then, then you put the – you put the – this you know, you, you, you toss them an anchor of this third guy who – is a bad small forward on offense and a slow something on defense. And yeah. So, but that's the the question of when sort of almost politically they can sort of get themselves out of that hole. And I don't know, I don't know who the three is on that roster. Well, it's Larry Markinen. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, uh, so that, that that does make a little bit of a problem, but they, no, but they, you know, they're getting, they're getting, they're a Gordon Hayward trade away from being a playoff team. Um, Speaking of Gordon Hayward. All right. My last question, guys, trending or ending, are the Hornets a real playoff team this year? Meaning not in the play in, can they be like the six seed? They look pretty good. So bad defensively. (laughs) Well, all right. They just need to punt the defense. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Because what they're trying to do isn't working. Punt the defense, PJ Washington at center, 35 minutes a game, and let's just go. Like, all out. This team can just run and score. And they've been doing this stuff. No Terry Rozier. I mean, look, come on, Mo. You gotta be, you gotta be with me here. Charlotte, no, I'm, 16. I'm, I'm, I'm trending. I think they can be in the in the running. I don't not guaranteeing they're gonna get the yes. six seed, but they're in the running for it. And it and, and a big key to this is you gotta start out. Big early and going right. four and one. And again, the game they lost is a game they should have won. They blew that in regulation against Boston. I think second night know, of the back to back, they ran out of gas. I'm gonna make excuses. That's where we're at with the Hornets. Yeah, no problem. Same thing for Boston, by the way. That also flew in from Houston. <laughs> but no, no. But let's you know um, the it, it's just I I can see it with this team just being so explosive offensively that it can carry them into like that six seed. And and if teams falter. You know, Phillies looks a little bit shaky with Embiid's knee, and we're not sure quite what's what's going on with with that whole situation. You know, Boston's struggling here. Like, there's going to be teams that are going to fall into the playing t- tournament. Might open up an opportunity for Charlotte to kind of jump in there, but it's they got to maintain this incredible th- this hot start, and it's got to be something like they got to be hot for a while and build up a cushion because it's kind of what the Knicks did last season. And I think yeah. there's there's a possibility. Now they're not going to be good in the playoffs. No, <laughs> that's, no, no, no. That, they're going to be bad in the playoffs. The internal uh, improvement for that team is going to be big over the course of the season. I mean, we're already seeing Miles Bridges showing Miles even Bridges. more than he showed last year. I mean, right. Lamelo looks better. I think even um, you know can PJ Washington sort out his role in, in, as an offensive small ball five for them? Uh, he he had a nice trail three, and I think it was in their first game where he just kind of walked into it. I like to see them getting him more and more of those opportunities. I I like that team. It's so fun. That's all I care about this year, guys. I just want to watch fun basketball. They're 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 PJ Washington and starting instead of Mason Plumlee away from being the number <laughs> one most watched team 
in basketball if you can find a Hornets game. Anyway, all right, guys, you, you got anything else this week or feel like we covered everything? I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> Don't forget, oh, folks. We, we, I think we're, we're going to have – I think we got to check in on the Wizards at some point. Yes. Yep. But that's that's maybe for a future. Well, a, we're pumping future, the brakes uh, on the Wizards right now because we don't trust them. But there there's some good signs. Uh, Gafford getting hurt is not going to be great for them. That, that's that's, that's going to hurt them because their defense has looked a little bit better and he's been a big part of that. Um, don't forget, folks. You know, uh, can I mention oh, one? Like we can't the, end the, the show. Undefeated Seth. Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Wait, what? We, we haven't we haven't we haven't discussed the undefeated Golden State Warriors. Yeah, Are we okay. Talk about them at all? Should we talk about no? the Golden okay, State next Warriors? No, no, we'll talk no, about no, the no, they're a team that doesn't matter. Yeah, I think we look. We we have a good idea of who they are. Um, there's some weird stuff going on with pool right now. Um, and, and I'm not quite sure what to do about the end of game. But listen, they're they're winning. They're, they're winning tough games, right? Like their crunch time stuff looks so much better this year than last year. No, nobody. Okay, perfect. End the show. And that's how we do it here on Nerdery Road, folks. Don't forget to pre-order the mid-range theory wherever you buy books. I guess we're we're not specific about where you get it. Just go get it. Go buy it. How many how many uh, screenshots of pre-orders do we have to get before Mo does a uh, not a not does, does a reading does a reading from? Oh it? my gosh! I, I can't read. It's I only do X's and O's. You know this? Yeah. If you do pre-order it, send us a screenshot. I don't know. We'll retweet it. If you guys like retweets, uh, I'm not going to send you any gift cards or anything. But uh, buy the book if you like basketball and you want to support people writing original stuff. Buy Seth's book. That's my hard sell. For Mo, for Seth, I'm Dave, and we're going to catch you guys next week on the Athletic NBA Show. Don't forget Saturday Slam and Jam tomorrow. Because learning how to speak is my greatest accomplishment in life. And when I was lying in a hospital bed 23 years ago, March 15, 1990, I'm lying in a hospital bed in Whittier, California, Whittier, the birthplace of Richard Nixon, the Prince of Darkness. And, and here I am trying to get better. Life is about choices. Life is about sacrifice and discipline and figuring out where you're going to go and how you're going to get there. But if you're ever going to try to get better and you're trying to dream about a better tomorrow, don't go to the Prince of Darkness's hometown. <laughs> but there I was lying in this hospital bed about to undergo my 30th operation, 30th orthopedic operation. The first 29 were a piece of cake because they were all about me getting back into the game of life through basketball, which is what I lived for, basketball. The most perfect game of all. All you have to do is wait for the opening tip. Basketball, unlike football, which is basically a halfway house between the army and prison, or, or, or baseball, which is a bunch of out-of-shape guys standing around, scratching themselves, t- taking steroids, and waiting for the game of life to come to them. But basketball, but now, all of a sudden, 
Well, what are we looking at here? Yeah. <laughs> Me playing baseball. Now, see, that's the way life works. <laughs> looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.